Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Nerdosaku Gaming Podcast. We took a bit of a hiatus there. Um, I was incredibly busy. <laughs> was I was sick. incredibly busy. Yeah, and uh, Robin was uh, down with the sickness, but he's better now. Yeah, it was it was a it was a bad Friday last Friday. <laughs> was That's sick. a shame. Mm-hmm. But at least you're better now. Yeah, much better, and you know. In in good spirits. Indeed, indeed. Why are you in good spirits, Mr. Robin? Tell us. Ah, <laughs> my big parcel finally, finally arrived. The so, controller, you mean? <laughs> yes, my, my PS5 controller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, past, uh, as at time of recording, it past two days, been messing around with the PS5. And, you know, there's, there's a lot to say. Okay, where, where, where do we even start? First of all, how how did you even manage to get a PS5, man? Like, no one has managed to get a PS5 except you somehow. How did you do it? Were you just lucky? The law is that on that day, you know, I remember the day our second ever episode, uh, was it our second or third ever podcast episode? was just mm-hmm. after the a big press conference. And mm-hmm. I remember... Like the pre-orders went up, even though they weren't supposed to. And mm-hmm. I didn't sleep that night. That's the thing. I did not sleep so it's that paid night. Off. It, it's paid off. It definitely has. I've got my unit here, and I didn't pay scalper prices or Zambian prices. I paid. I paid as close to retail as as can be paid by someone. As possible. Here. What's the total that you've paid so far? It comes to like fourteen. That's pretty good, actually. That's very good. Comes to fourteen, yeah. and and the Zambian price is what 30, 30 something, or is that it's in the 30s. twenty something? Thirties. My goodness. At least thirty, thirty-one. That's double profit. Thing is, uh, from what I hear, actually, is that the Zambian resellers aren't even getting them at cost. They're also getting them at uh, for, at scalper prices. Oh, so that's why. So they yeah. don't know. They just think the PS5 costs. Yeah, because from, from what I understand, most of the Zambian retailers are getting them from Dubai as well. And in mm-hmm. is, PS5s are out of stock everywhere. So even like people in Dubai, they're not buying them from Sony or Amazon. They're also buying them from scalpers who sell them at $1,000 or $1,500. So, you know. So, that makes so word to the wise is to just wait. Word is it's to wait or try and get lucky to get an Amazon drop. What was it like? Tell us the the, the big news. Give us a play by play. <laughs> and it first of all, the thing is massive. As you know, <laughs> everybody says it. Like when you get it, it's gigantic. I think it looks better at a certain angle when if you, as if you lay it on an angle where you don't see the disc drive, it looks nice. If you can see the disk drive, you'll be like, ah, I don't like that. I have a strong feeling like if you were to get the digital edition, you'd really like, I really like how that looks. I think that's like the true best looking way to see a, a PS5, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that was like what they wanted it to look like. And then they tried to put the disk in there and I was like, it can't really fit. And they're like, eh. But it, it's it's still good. I think it's. Yeah. Do you think it's gonna get a revised design, like well, it's pro always, version or whatever? They always do three years down the line. 
like a different GPU or it's just gonna be like a the weird slim stuff? Oh, a slim is guaranteed. A pro isn't. So we'll see how that goes over time. But you know, anyway, yeah, that said, despite me saying that you know bulge is ugly, I still you know it. I still like the the, the thing. Mm-hmm. Like just looking at it, you you kind of like fail to believe it. Like wow, look at this thing. It, it's like it's like it's trying to steal all the attention from everything in the room. <laughs> it is an attention hog, actually. Yeah. It is very much an attention hog, and it is thankfully first thing I can say is like compared to you know like after using a PS4 and being like oh no I'm using a PS4. I can't use my TV speakers because it thing is so loud. It's like it this feels like a revelation that wow, I can finally play my PS4 games and not <laughs> hear a jet engine taking off. It's that's like the first thing that says okay, that that's amazing. One. Mm-hmm. That's actually really good. That's a big deal actually. The noise is a big big deal. Like that's for me immediately that's the first thing like i'm really happy about it and this thing is like it, it's not loud yeah so yeah at least that uh transferring process was not as smooth as i'd have liked <laughs> i managed to transfer it, over my saves using a flash is it a whole disk. thing okay flash disk okay that's good yeah and I had the option of transferring games either with a LAN cable or just putting them on an external hard drive, whichever is more convenient. And I chose the external hard drive. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, while doing that, like a bunch of my DLC didn't transfer. So it's like I have to mm-hmm. download some DLC. Okay. And that is, is, that is not, you know, you'd think, okay, it's just DLC. But now I'm going to go into a rant of, a bunch of the UI things which I really don't like. Like, for example, on PS4 you could like download three things at a time. Mm-hmm. Now it's like an Xbox; you can only download one at a time. So you know, I'm I'm still still a lot to download. I had an unfortunate power cut uh, today, yesterday, so you know that also delayed my downloads. So mm-hmm. Trying to get as much done as I can. So which 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 game did you fire up first when you when you launched it? What what was the first thing you did? First thing I did was transferring data, tra- transferring the <laughs> saves, transferring accounts. Uh, you know, I've got like four accounts or something like that. So it's like okay, I've got to transfer every single one of these. You know, that's the problem with being a like multi-account user, and like mm-hmm. it's like oof. it took some time. And you know, as you yeah, as you're getting around the UI, you just like you see things and you're like, wow, this is not as easy as it used to be. It's like, do you think it's easy to set up for like a layman, for a non-gamer, just yeah, turn the thing on, slap for, a game in? For a non-layman, they just use a LAN cable, and then do the direct transfer. But like for me, who's got many accounts, it becomes <laughs> becomes hellish. It's a whole thing. But that said, okay. you know, like, it could have been worse, I feel. It could. It could have been worse, but, like, you know, at, in the end, all the saves and stuff did get over there safely or, or recognized. Uh, the games, for the most part, apart from the DLC thing, they're all recognized, and that's good. And they are running. 
And so there, what what game did you what games did you fire up first? The the packing game, Astro's Playroom. Yeah, how is that? What oh. are your thoughts on Astro's Playroom? It's short for one, because it's a packing game. But the best thing I can say is that like, if you are a long time PlayStation fan, it's 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 great. It's like man, they chose <laughs> the right packing for a long time PlayStation fan because the game itself, you know, like before I go into like is the game actually good? Just the fan service, the references, the whole game is is pretty much just a fan service to PlayStation fans. So it's like, oh, you unlock old PlayStation items as you move around the world, you're going to be seeing like references to classic PlayStation games both first and third party. Yeah. So it's like, wow. I I never knew Sony could actually respect their legacy like this. Well, I I guess I'm going to the point where they finally have a legacy. <laughs> you know? Well, well, you, when you've been in the business for like 20 whatever years, yeah, I, I guess so. <clears throat> they they finally got to the point where Nintendo was at the, like the GameCube era, I'd say. Like they have like something you can look back on it with nostalgia and be like, oh, I remember that when I was a kid. Yeah. So a PlayStation like... All Stars Battle Royale right now would work. I don't think it would, would worked in the PS3 era. Work right now, yes. It would now work with a, as long as you put a decent dev on it. Yeah, you, it would definitely yes. work. Yeah, like now when people when you say Kratos, people have very very fond feelings. Not just oh, I like that character. No, it's like actual like proper personal feelings towards it. Yeah. Crash, same thing, you know. Sly Cooper, same thing. People have real proper emotional attachment. And the, the irrational type of attachment that people have towards the Nintendo characters can now be applied to some of the Sony characters. So hmm. I can see why the, the, the Astro's Playroom um, little Easter eggs have the same effect. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's besides, as, as an actual platformer, it's really, you know, it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah. It's pretty fun. How is the... How's the feedback on the on the triggers and stuff on the that's controller? The, that's the other thing. The controller is it's crazy. Like I feel bad because I know no game is going to use the controller as well as Astro's Playroom does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because on the way Astro's Playroom music is really really cool. Every surface you walk on feels different. The Haptics are programmed for every surface to feel different. So like <laughs> when you walk on ice, the feedback you're getting is different from when you walk on sand or when you walk on metal or when you walk on cement. So it's like, <laughs> and the pad is giving you a feeling where it's like, wow, I can actually feel this is somewhat possibly how it might feel like. Yeah. Is it the whole controller or just certain parts? The whole control, you know, the way rumble used to work is you have two rumble motors. Now you've got yeah. like the whole pad has got, uh, has got stuff to do the haptics on it. Yeah. Like and that's everything even, wrapped around the whole thing. Yeah, and that's even before I get to the triggers because like there two, there's a few sections where you use the triggers, and those mm-hmm. there's like the triggers. Like, let's say you're pressing down on a spring, huh? Mm-hmm. There's a section where you have to like press down on a spring using the trigger. So it's like the spring mm-hmm. resists a bit, 
and then it goes down all the way, the way a real spring would. Oh yeah, like it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the trigger actually conveys that, and it's like, wow, this is really cool. <laughs> and you know, that it's not just that. Like cool. the part where you have a bow, it's like, oh, so it's you know how a bow is. Yeah. Drawing it gets the bow, harder as you pull. Uh-huh. Gets harder as you pull. There's a part where you have a gun. It's a machine gun. You hold to fire, but every bullet that comes out, the trigger like goes back up a little bit. So like, ka, 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 ka. that's very cool. It, I, I think I think it won't be as used as extensively, yeah. But they will use some of that stuff. Like I feel like as a dev, you play that and you're like, this is cool. I have to at least have one feature of this, you know, yeah. like at least one. Like the haptics are easier to implement, definitely, but like not many games will use it as well as Astro. The triggers are nowhere near as easy to implement, but those that do, I think they'll be like, wow, this is great. In general, they'll be easier. They'll be the harder thing to use. Less devs will use them, but I think the triggers make an easier first impression. The haptics, you really have to try to make them really stand out, but the triggers will make the... It, they, those will probably have a more tangible effect on immersion and games. Like that clip I saw of the Call of Duty gun thing. I mm-hmm. hope that was real. Yeah, that it looked is. very, very cool. When I was using the machine gun in Astro's Playroom, I kind of got the same thing. I was like, oh, okay, I see what they mean. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's very next-gen. Yeah. So, what like, you- what, what about the system to you have you, like, seen and gone for next gen like has it been the visuals has it been the controller like is it the whole package what about it has made you go wow this is definitely not a ps4 well for me the first thing is that it's quiet (laughs) (laughs) but like in general like i never had a pro i had an xbox one x for my you know advanced console never had a ps4 Mm -hmm. pro so it's like checking out a bunch of my ps4 games seeing mm-hmm. them run even better than they would on a pro on ps5 it's like wow this is kind of amazing mm-hmm. which like, one did oh. you try out so like, you tried out a back combat game i've tried like a bunch of them digital or disc uh digital okay so like, are they all digital actually I... how do, how does this work do you just if put you, the disc in and it, it works so what, if like, you have how, a, how does if it you work? have a disc you can just plug in a disc and then it's and then it will play it gets the advanced features or it just plays like the ps4 type it will basically, you know, it's like we said, it will play like it's on PS4 Pro, but if it has dynamic resolution or an, or unlocked frame rate, it will boost those to as far as the GPU will allow it. Okay, okay. So you don't have to download anything extra if you want to a boost or anything? Well, if the game had to get an update to use PS4 Pro features, then yeah, obviously you have to download, but it's like... It will run it to the best of the console's capabilities the moment you put it in. Okay. So like, oh, okay. I tried God of War. It's like, hey, this runs at 60 frames per second now. This is amazing. That's, that's, that's cool. That's very cool. But, you know, as I said, I think it's time for me to rant about the UI. <laughs> okay, so let's start something simple. You know how in PS4, if you'd hold the home button you'd get that quick sidebar menu, right? Yes. Now that sidebar menu has been converted to the control center, okay? And what is the control center? The control center is what you get when you do a single press. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So now 
if you had a memory of okay <laughs> single press home long press quick control uh, quick menu now it's reversed <laughs> so it's you know little things like that which are like okay this will take some time to get used to now if i want to go to the home menu i have to home well now you know how the japanese feel about the whole circle x inverted thing uh, i'm hearing they actually rode back on that even so they might roll back on this one but i haven't seen any um talk nobody's complaining so about this <laughs> yeah but you know it's just like a bunch of small changes which are like why would you do this so remember how in ps4 there's that top bar where you've got like your downloads your friends and all that stuff yes now all that stuff isn't on the home menu anymore now all of it is in the control center that's that's okay i think because it was weird to me in the first place that the downloads were way off on the side yeah so that may sound okay to you but what sony goes and does is that they don't put set the settings menu the most important of them they leave it up there so it's like <laughs> like why would you do that i guess you just have to learn how the layout works again so you know, do you like, think that's a good thing though don't you think that having yeah. changing the ui at least makes you feel like okay they're trying stuff instead of just leaving it the same isn't that the complaint with the xbox series yeah, x yeah it's, it's true i i like the that same. they changed the ui but you can definitely tell that it has come in very hot because there's I mean, there will be system updates yeah there'll be updates. The line, sure. you know there's small annoyances for example on ps4 you know how you've got your home menu has got either all your games or you can limit it to just a few games on that one single line you know that right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then if you want to go to the end of the line you press r1 and then you'll have access to your complete library that is every yes. game installed right yes i love that now on ps5 this process is really it's just, just so many things which make it so much more annoying one this time if you press r1 you don't go to the end of the menu you go to a tab for media application as in like music and stuff videos yeah, they, they've separated videos music and stuff from your games into two separate tabs so if you press r1 Wait, so yeah you yeah, can put on. videos on the ps5 now because i you couldn't on the ps4 right by videos i mean like your netflix and all that stuff oh that stuff okay so like mm-hmm. now if i want to go to the end and access my entire library i have to scroll the way there i can't press r1 there's no like quick zoom to the right zoom to the left button nope there isn't that anymore so, so what about the touchpad doesn't can't do you anything touch, nope. you can't like swipe and then zooms nope but can you use the touchpad to like move left and right yeah you can only use it for typing like uh, moving the keyboard when typing but you that know it seems like a waste of a feature yeah it is but you know their solution to this was that we'll say okay now we'll make that panel with games only have mm-hmm. one two three four nine games on it so you can't have your panel have all your games anymore i mean there only are nine ps5 games <laughs> yeah i've got i've got 56 games on my external hdd thank you very much <laughs> So yeah, oh, you've only got nine games. So it's like, okay, fine. That means if I want to access my complete library, I've got to scroll all the way to the right. I can't press R1. So fine, I'll scroll all the way to the right. The next small annoyance, when you scroll all the way to the right and you press on your library, 
it doesn't show you every game that's installed. Instead, it shows you every game that's on that on that account. Um, so that means I, I have to press again. My PS4 does that again. as well. Uh, it's not just a sorting thing. There's nothing that just says sort by installed, sort by app. I'm getting to that. It, it, it's, it gets worse. So you mm-hmm. click on game library, then it shows you yeah, on your collection. Your collection sorts out the games by the ones you played last. But it's okay. only games on that account. So you have to press R1 again, and then you get a tab which says install. So then it will show all the games installed regardless of the account. Right. Now, to, now, you'd think that, okay, when you go into the installed tab, it will sort out based on what you played last wrong it sorts out by installed date you can't sort out by what you played last in that installed tab so you're going to click again sort by and then you sort by name and that's when you can get them in alphabetical order but if you exit the library and click back on the installed tab you have to sort by name again because it doesn't save your sorting settings (laughs) so it's like there's so many minor quibbles which are like this is this is a nuisance. Why should it be this annoying to get to the stuff I want to get to compared to how intuitive it was on PS4? Man, if, if the menu is that bad, I'm worried about the PlayStation Store. Have you used well, the store? The store is fantastic. Okay, so they've changed it up or it's the same? It's integrated now. It's no longer an app. Great. Does it mean it's smoother, faster? What, what does yeah. it mean? Okay, in general, they like for all the complaints I've had about the UI, the thing is fast, like it's smooth, it animates nicely and all that stuff. That, mm-hmm. that is, that's great. How fast, like Apple fast or, or just fast for a console? Uh, fast for a console, I guess. <laughs> the UI is fast, but like, there's just those small quibbles coming from PS4 and it's like, this is really annoying. I don't like having to like, adjust like this this is like ugh. but you know there's other you know niceties they've added like for example when you earn a trophy captures a video now small video you can turn it off every of every trophy yes okay and you this just comes off. this is default yeah that's by default yeah to turn it off, is it like a whole go into the settings and find this particular thing, or is it easy to find? Or will it tell you, we've taken a video, press the PlayStation button to deactivate now or something? Uh, no, you have to go into settings. There's a setting for captures, then trophies, mm-hmm. and then you can choose if you want to leave it on or off. Okay. You know, that's, that's still pretty good. Not, not, not gonna lie, that's not bad. And, you know, it's other, uh, other, you know, lots of small things like, oh, when you press your capture button, capturing your game footage, before on PS4, it used to be kind of convoluted. Now it's like, it feels much better. Well, you can choose to save a short clip. You can choose to save a long clip without having to, you know, you can set your default saving time where if you want one button save, that's there. I still set that Mm -hmm. at 30 minutes. But if I want to just record maybe the last five minutes or the last 15 seconds, there's an option if I hold the create button to just save, you know, a small, small clip, stuff like that. So it's like, oh, okay. That's very handy actually. Mm -hmm. Because not everyone wants to save long 30 minute clip or wants to save a 
long 30 minute clip and then edit you trim the rest out so that you can get that small bit you wanted to see now you can just save like last five minutes last 15 seconds last 30 seconds yeah the only way i used to manage to save videos shortly or whatever was if i'm doing a twitter one like that's the only way i was able to like trim a short one unless i just never knew how to do it properly but that's how i figured to do it on ps4 anyway yeah so now that it's just in the thing that's fine like it's just a short one in your ps4 that's very cool so that's like one one of the niceties i noticed immediately because i capture a lot of footage so like wow this is that's a nice thing to have yeah. uh, is the I, social media integration still there Did it's they, exactly they, like, the same you know YouTube, but they removed the Twitter, facebook thing right yeah facebook was removed some time back you know because reasons uh <laughs> but you know uh, when I transferred my account over, like it still recognized, still saved all my Twitter and YouTube integration. Oh, so you didn't have to log into. Twitter I didn't have again. to log into my Twitter again or anything like that. I could just share immediately. Nice, nice. So I think, like, you know, if you transfer your account over, it's like really okay. You everything has transferred. It transfers a lot of your settings, and you know anything that could be transferred probably does transfer any preference have you tried going back to the ps4 after moving to the ps5 like does anything weird happen to the account when you go back uh nothing exactly because like even game sharing it works it's still basically the same like it, it's like it considers the ps5 as its own separate system so you can have a ps5 activated and a ps4 activated so Technically, you could have, I guess, three, four systems for, for share, you know, for game sharing your PS4 games. You can basically do two PS4s, two PS5s, in theory. Oh, okay, okay, that's that's cool. I guess that's very cool. Yeah, it's very very cool. You know, the transition has worked out pretty well. I'm still downloading like DLC and games and stuff. But mm-hmm. like I've got my staples set, you know, I've got my Project Diva installed, works beautifully. Mm-hmm. It's now in 4K. <laughs> As it was always meant to be. As it was meant to be. <laughs> um, yeah. So once I've, so, you know, I'm, I'm settled for now while the games download and then I'll play some back compat PS4 games while the PS5 games download. Yeah. Have you tried Demon Souls? You got yours with Demon Souls, right? No, this is what I'm saying. I've got download all that stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Even Miles still. Yeah, Miles is at, Miles? is at 10 gigs out of 39. <laughs> That's small. I was yeah. going to ask about size. P- the PS5 That's... version of Miles is smaller than the PS4 version, yes. That is a godsend. Holy moly. That's great. I hope that's like all games. I hope the PS4 games is the, high, the biggest games will ever be ever. I really hope so. Oh, you know, I think it depends on the developer. You, you know, the developer has to care. Insomniac are a first party dev, so obviously they'll take advantage of the decompression tech. But, you know, yeah. you can't trust Activision to do that. I mean, yeah, yeah. But uh, with the, the backlash, there should be, they're definitely like um, aware. I'm sure that they're working on that. I hope so. You know, as I've said, I've always said the conspiracy theory is that they do that so that you don't install any other games, but yeah. (laughs) True, man. 
these scummy practices. Scummy and I have a, I have a bit to say about that, but I'll let you finish the PS5 breakdown first. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if there's anything more to break down. I'm actually interested in the, whatever scummy practice you you want to speak about. <laughs> Like, you know, well, I, can't, was, uh, I can't really give much impression on PS5 games because they're still downloading. So, you know, I haven't seen the game which has visually blown me away. I haven't seen ray tracing yet. So far, Astro's Playroom has blown me away because of the controller. But on the visuals, I'm still waiting. Mm. So, Astro's Playroom didn't blow you away? Like, this, you, you didn't notice the HDR difference or whatever? Like... No, visually, like, you know, it's just... clean. It's definitely a clean-looking game. It doesn't look bad, but, you know, it doesn't have that wow effect, which, you know, because of the art style, you know, it doesn't have something that's like, wow, I'm looking at this and, mm. like, wow, this is next-gen. I think, you know, that's why I'm waiting. For, I'm doing Miles first. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, I'll, I'll be waiting for your... Um... For your wow moment, I'm sure, I'm sure Demon Souls is it's the one which everyone's going. Yep, this next gen, like yeah. visually, so it's like the best looking console game, all that stuff. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, I was just we'll waiting get... for. Not going. Yeah, we'll we'll get there eventually. Oh, oh, for sure. I'll just be waiting for a good game that looks next gen to come out before I get myself a PS. <laughs> You know, everyone's definition of next gen is different. Because <laughs> as far as most no, people I, are concerned, I, 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 the, first believe, true, I think... the first true next gen game is Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yes, holy moly! But you need yes. to need, but you need to have uh, fast and limited internet. I don't think people are able, going to be able to play that in Zambia because it uses the cloud servers. That's why the graphics are so good. Yeah, that's Even true. Real time also... cloud data. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's. I, I I really do want to try that though. Like, it's just a shame, man. Damn. But yeah, everything I've seen of Microsoft Flight Simulator is just mind-boggling. Like, woof. It's the yeah. first true next-gen game, as I've said. That's what everyone's calling it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's what they were trying to do with the power of the cloud with the Xbox One, right? Like, that's what they were trying Down to do. Three, yes. But I don't think we were there yet. Now with Flight Simulator on PC, we're definitely seeing it. Like this is what they meant. This is what yeah. you can get having like a game consistently online during real time weather weather map data to help with rendering the graphics. That's how you yeah. get Flight Simulator looking as well as it does. Yeah, I mean I hate to be that guy, and I know that people have said consoles will be there forever, but I really do think that as internet becomes cheaper and more accessible. We will eventually get to the whole point of we are using the cloud to play video games and they're all like Microsoft Flight Simulator kind of. I really do think we can get there. Maybe next okay. 15 years. Maybe 20 years. I don't know. It's but possible. we'll eventually get there. Well, I guess thanks for the breakdown. We'll be waiting to hear more as, 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 as the game downloads. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just want to talk about a few things, something that is very near and dear to me. Uh, the studio Bioware, the makers of ah. Mass Effect, Dragon Age, Baldur's Gate, Neverwinter Nights, you know, the RPG guys. Oh, and Anthem. <laughs> and Anthem. <laughs> ah, 
um, two studio heads um, have left Bioware. They left on the same day at the same time. One of them is Casey Hudson. Uh, yes, he's left again. He had left just before uh, or just after Mass Effect 3 launched. He left the company uh, and then he came back to save Anthem, which he he tried. Um, <laughs> so yeah, to the best of his ability. So Casey Hudson, who is the brains behind Mass Effect, really, uh, who kind of took the mantle from the doctors, uh, the doctors who founded Bioware. Uh, he was the studio lead. He left and he, you know, posted a blog post online talking about how fortunate he was to be working at Bioware for over 20 years and that he's retiring and leaving the studio to uh, uh, young blood. Uh, it's going to be, uh, yes, left with uh, Mr. Gary McKay, uh, who is like his second in command. So that's uh, one thing. And then the second person who left was Mark Dara, a long time employee of Bioware. I think he joined in the mid nineties, uh, like when they were founding it. He's like one of the first employees of Bioware. He is like the writer. He, his baby was Dragon Age. Dragon Age was his, like he was the lead on all the Dragon Ages. He wrote for the, for Bowder's Gate. Basically, if it's a fantasy RPG or has fantasy RPG elements, Mark Dara probably was the creative director or writer on it. He was the creative lead on Dragon Age 4, whatever it's being called. So, um, and he's left. <laughs> and he's left. <laughs> and I would say, oh, the creative stuff is done. Now they're just doing asset stuff or bug fixing. I would say that. But based on what we heard about Anthem, it being made in basically 15 months, <laughs> I can't say that for sure. You know, I can't say that I, for sure. I, I have some thoughts on the same issue, you know, as not a Bioware fan, you know, I'm not interested in Bioware's games, generally speaking. But, you know, as an outsider, I've got two thoughts. I've got like a couple of thoughts. First thing was that, you know, I know Bioware's reputation is really bad right now, following the mm -hmm. past few games, you know, Anthem, Mass Effect, uh, Andromeda, and even Dragon Age Inquisition weren't as well revered as stuff like, you know, uh, Dragon Age 1, 2, Mass Effect 1, 2, 3, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So, you know, one thought is that, hey, maybe getting old tired heads out to bring it, to let the new blood take over is a good thing because, you know, the studio wasn't in a good state. Uh, of course, the counter argument I've heard to that is that it's not really the studio head's fault that those games came out bad. Yeah, so that's the thing is that the exact same thing you're saying is what Mass Effect Andromeda was. It was, we got this young team of basically our fans who have joined us and we're just going to put them together give them a brand new studio and they will lead us in the new boat direction. And the, 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 <laughs> the output was Andromeda, yeah. which is kind of why uh, when Anthem was about to come out, there was all this like, oh, what if it's not as good as we're expecting? So they kind of begged for Casey to come back and stay in the mm. ship. So it's, ugh, 
I don't know. Yeah. It could go the, either way. It could the, go either way. The second way. thought I got from that is that, you know, turnover in the video game industry is normal. And it is true. It's December. December is the time for contracts to like expire and all that stuff. They're going to hear a lot of stories of, oh, X person left this studio, or X person is joining this studio around December. December, January, that's when you hear a lot of that stuff. Mm. And that goes into other point, you know, the game industry is, you know, it's really, it's a high turnover industry, sure. But, you know, these guys have been there 20 years and this stuff happens, you know, people leave. I, I think, you know, I don't think it will have as profound an effect as you think, you know, because like, as far as we know, they haven't left on bad terms. You can tell when somebody leaves on bad terms, but yeah, in general, when somebody leaves, they do it because like they've left a good team behind. They know that, okay, everything is in good hands. You can tell like, okay, this guy has been forced out because of, you know, how shaky the details might be, or you can tell that, mm. you know, stuff like that. No, that's true. I, I, I'm, the, the, the problem is that with where, the way Bioware, the state they're in right now, they, it's they not are what you EAs, want to hear. <laughs> yeah, they are EA's like big single player. They are a prestige studio or they were right so yeah. having your big guys leave your prestige studio is like oh man like basically bioware has got one more game to keep their reputation steady like they've got yeah. one whatever they release next has to be game of the year basically like it's it, that have to be good it has to be i, I know a lot of people are saying too. this is bioware's last chance i've definitely heard yes that. this is their final fantasy moment you know this is their, it's gotta be iconic, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 know, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, so with two of their leads leaving, it's like, oh my God, will they manage? You know, will they manage to do that? I think Bioware will continue to exist. The name has such, you know, it's, it's an important brand, TM. Uh, but like as a prestige studio, if the next game is even just okay, if the next game is like a, you know, just a good game. I, I don't think it's going to work out well for them, considering think, how EA is. I think all it has to be is solid with something to give fans something to be excited about. Let me give an example. Yeah. <clears throat> the Final Fantasy brand in the West after FF13 was, you know, there was definitely a, some backlash. Yes. And the, you know, the sales of the sequels to FF13 were definitely less. Mm -hmm. And so when FF15 came out, despite a lot of backlash from fans about the game and despite, you know, like the game having issues about, it had development issues, definitely, yeah. you know, stuff like that. It's development issues as well as it's, uh, you know, how that impacted the final game. Mm -hmm. Whether you like it or not, the game ignited something. There was a level of positivity from FF fans because the game was so, like, it was, it was kind of wild. Like, the, it was weird in a lot of ways. Yes. But it reminded, you know, the classic monster design, you know, that weird feeling of a 
journey with your friends and whatever that sort of stuff did you know it brought back a lot of sense of hope that wasn't there when ff13 2 and 3 were coming out if you know what i mean don't you think though with ff i get what you mean it's a good example but i think it's not the perfect example because i think the one that did a lot of heavy lifting for final fantasy was 14 14 did a lot of heavy lifting for the but, brand of but that. look the ff14 has done heavy lifting for the brand like not amongst the core gamers core gamers don't play mmos core gamers play play single player games with and then constantly rave about them the people okay. who, yeah. the yeah. the meme the meme was always that and why are you guys arguing about what's the best final fantasy when the best final fantasy is a game that you're not playing it's 14 yeah yeah it's like you guys are not you know though i know 14 is a commercial success but like the people who play ff14 are probably not the people who are constantly complaining about oh ff is dead and all that stuff true true so yeah as i was saying ff15 did something for the brand after the 13 trilogy like okay yeah i think we can be excited again and then you know it's gone from strength to searing yeah, seven remake was well received and the hype for ff14 is very high and yeah very ff15 is like it's sold more than 13 and 14 already so yes, it's, it's like mm-hmm. uh, not 14 sorry 13 and 12 the previous two so it's like oh mm-hmm. definitely that game struck a chord which 13 didn't even though the game was not perfect and that's the point i'm trying to raise for bioware i don't think dragon age 4 has to be perfect i just think it has to be good enough to strike a certain chord with people that you know it really appeals that even though there'll be that vocal group which is saying that man this is the worst thing ever you know at the end of the day, people will be like, well, there will be a lot of people who fondly remember the game. Okay. Yeah, you know what? You've convinced me. Yeah, I think I think it doesn't have to like be a knockout. It can just be like a very good game. Yeah. You know, it, it, I, it I shouldn't should so. have something which people should meme about. Like, you know, everyone was memeing <laughs> Mass Effect Andromeda's facial things and the glitches. <laughs> it shouldn't have that stuff. It should be like, wow, mm. this is solid. This should have something like you know which the social crowd can grab onto like you know a catchy mm. lovable character or something like that where everyone mm. which everyone can latch on to ff15 benefited from that uh, stuff like the outer worlds benefits from that mm-hmm. so if you you know you get you get something like that you know that's what you need for if you want people to remember dragon age 4 fondly like from from the off yeah. Well, yeah, you've convinced me. I, uh, I, uh, I, I hope that we get a good game out of <laughs> out of them uh, from this news. And I hope uh, Casey and Mark. I know Mark's definitely gonna join another team or something. Uh, I don't think he's retired from games. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was that. Uh, the big game that everyone's been waiting for is coming out. Next however, week. however, um, review codes are not, are not out yet. Out. Yeah. So the thing is, um, last week 
I saw um, the guys who do PR for CD Projekt, like the, the lead of, I think I called Evolve PR or something. He released a big like article blog statement thing talking about how to get codes, how to not, why you get codes and why you don't get codes. Basically going over the usual nonsense of, okay, not nonsense, just the, 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 the common sense stuff of, oh no, uh, you have to reach out to us. We have to know that you're reputable. You have to know how big your reach is. Yeah. Um, and then it's also some subjective stuff. Like, are you nice to us? Are you not? You know, that's what, uh, and then also, you know, embargo stuff. Uh, devs knowing whether the game is good or not just going through basics uh of how who receives codes when and why right very yeah, basic right. stuff so i thought nothing of it however however let me finish however seeing a bunch of big reviewers from big sites you know big sites going uh i haven't got the code yet and i'm hearing that this game is at least critical path maybe 40 hours, hours long, long. <laughs> well, like 40 I'm, I'm being generous right like if you said you're just not, not going to do any side quest whatsoever i'll be generous and say 40 hours that's still a lot because here's the thing i write game stuff when you send your script to your editor they read through it and send you back notes larger than your, <laughs> your script <laughs> than your script so this is a lot of work, you guys. And then this is a, a, something which people will be looking forward to. So every outlet is going to want to make sure that their review is well written, you know, or video is well edited. And how will the review be good if it's, they just have a week to do, first of all, play the game, you know, think on it, critique it, write it, upload it. That's not enough time to actually do that. And then the other scummy thing is, apparently, influencers have had the game for at least two or three weeks now. Yeah, I, I did want to game. talk about this. So I did. And the funny thing is, I remember there was a whole hoopla about... Uh, um, I remember we, we had a spat about this on Twitter. There was a, hoopla, there was a whole thing about, oh no... Uh, people protecting CD Projekt when that article came out. And the, the, the people who are protecting CD Projekt somehow are the ones who've had the codes mm -hmm. this entire time. Mm -hmm. And that's so weird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw one guy say that, hey, CD Projekt are going to make, you know, it's not just enough to make employees crunch. They're going to make reviewers crunch to get their reviews <laughs> out. But like... Look, <laughs> This whole issue, I don't think the quality of the game is in question. They're not hiding their game. The game is good, but it's just about them trying to control the narrative as much as the they narrative. can. You know, mm. try and get that 90 Metacritic as early as early and on day one. You know, obviously, mm. if the, the biggest publications, IGN, GameStop, those guys, obviously they've got their review codes, Giant Bomb, whatever. Smaller publications yeah. definitely won't get them because they're scared that they'll bring up maybe issues with bugs and whatever. And of course, the influencers. I've always said CD Projekt's weaponizing of influencers with, cyber, with cyberpunk has been, um, has been extremely fascinating to see. I have been like, I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> usually, usually fans do this by themselves. Yeah. But I've never seen the game devs actually like play into, into it it's yeah. extremely scary to 
to see that they've done this. And then, you know, now we're going to see, you know, people with their $700 cyberpunk goodie bags and cyberpunk uh, gaming chairs. They're going to give their reviews, calling it the best <laughs> game ever. And it's like, oh, man, I, I can't take I can't take it seriously. I just can't. It's a shame, too, because, you know, I always give the example of, for, for me, my favorite um, launch or whatever was the original Tomb Raider. And I feel like this is one of the reasons why I would defend that game till, oh my God, I would defend that game. The review codes for Tomb Raider, which is, I think, I, I 100% of Tomb Raider. It took me like at least 50 hours, maybe 40, you know, to 100% Tomb Raider. And that game is like, it's like Uncharted. You can finish that game in two days, 10 hours, maybe 12. And they gave that game a month away. The, the reviews came out two weeks before launch. The Tomb Raider yeah. reboot reviews were out two weeks before the game was coming out. And it was like 85 or something. And I was like, this is amazing that they, they gave out this game like ages ago and trust, they just trust in themselves. You know, like they trusted that, that, that the game will speak for itself. I don't know why more games just don't do that. Like why, why doesn't every game just give... Like, we should have reviews two weeks before launch, you know? So that all the discourse is out the way. By the time you're getting the game, it's, it's, it's now just fans. You're not mixing fan discourse with critic discourse. I, I prefer that. And it shows just a lot of confidence in your game. Oh, look, as I've said, it's, this is nev- it's never about the quality of the game. Breath of the Wild is the most revered game this generation and reviews went up the day before it came out. True, true. So it's, I don't think it has ever been about the quality of the game. Demon Souls never, uh, review codes for Demon Souls went out the day it came out. Last of Us, it was one week. You know, I think whether or not review codes come out a day before or whatever, that doesn't matter. It's just that, you know, you've got to look at CD Projekt's situation within the context of itself. And that's when you see, okay, this is coming. I don't have any issue with sending review codes late, really. It's just, you know, the context, the context of CD project situation makes me, you know, it's like, <laughs> like, like disappointed, but not surprised. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Disappointed, but not surprised. That's a really good one. It'd be very interesting to, to see how that game reviews. Um, oh, it will review uh, excellently, definitely. I think excellently. You think so? Yeah, I've got a feeling there will be be some. There'll be outliers. Yes, I think the outliers will be there, but I think the highest reviewed games this year so far are Last of Us and Hades. You know, not counting Persona Five Royal because that's a enhanced re-release. That's the actual Mm -hmm. highest reviewed game of the year. But beneath Mm -hmm. that, it's Last of Us Part Two and Hades. Those are like what ninety-three average. Yeah. So. Uh, I think it's got a, a shot at hitting that 93 as well. But I think... Damn, 93, out- really? I think I, it's going to be like 85, 88. No, no, no. 85 is too low. Uh, I'm thinking minimum 89, maximum 94. But outliers... Damn. <laughs> here's the thing. We will not get a good idea of the final score early because Last of Us... True. When, it, when Last of Us just dropped... Its initial meta score is like 96. 
Yes, I remember that. And you know, now that everything has settled, everyone has reviewed it. It's settled at ninety-three. That's what The Witcher Three is at. It's at ninety-three. So what I think I don't is, think it's gonna be as revered as The Witcher Three, man. Here's really the don't. thing: I think Cyberpunk is going to get off to a much better start because they have selectively chosen who to give review codes to. Okay. Yeah. True. So. True. When they want that first push to be high and then it will start yeah, going that's, lower. That's what I was saying. That they, they want that day one score to be ridiculous. And then, you know, when... Mm. And then a lot of publications will do reviews in progress because, you know, they are not finished. And at the mm. end of the day, where it will settle, maximum where it will settle, I'm thinking 94, maybe. Damn. <laughs> I think the out the outliers are going to definitely complain about performance on the base consoles because definitely yeah. the review codes they're sending out are for PC. Yes. So it will be like, oh, these people are playing the optimal version. But then like, you know, the uh, console specific outlets like a PlayStation outlet, maybe they won't play it on PS4 Pro or whatever, but they'll see that, hey, this is not the best experience. It's buggy and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, you know, it's got the potential to be the best. When the early reviews come out, it's going to be the best reviewing game of the year, hands down. Unless, you know, barring some crazy, the game actually sucks twist. But like, you know, (laughs) they've chosen their outlets very carefully. They know who they've given codes to for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. So early reviews will be super positive. Then it will, you know, then things will settle. Yeah, true. Well, ish, nah, I, I just thought those were two interesting things that I, I, I noticed. Yeah, uh, I, we'll wait for December 10th. Uh, um, I'm debating where to get it, where to get it on my, uh, on my PC first. Or... Look, man, you've got a base I, console, so I'll just say maybe go for your PC. Yeah, I'll probably do it on PC, actually. Yeah. Considering they delayed it because base console stuff was bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, as I've said, I'm waiting this out. I want the full next gen version to come out. Yeah. So, you know, I'll just be, I'll watch from the side. I've got no problem with spoilers. So I'm going to spoil myself rotten. <laughs> You'd have absolutely no problem, man. I cannot, I cannot stand spoilers. I cannot got, stand them. I have got a much more lax spoiler policy than most other people on the internet. Goodness gracious, I cannot stand spoilers. Like, it, you know, it actually, of course, of it actually ruins it for me. As I've said, there, <laughs> okay, look, there's some things which maybe I don't want spoiled, but like, generally speaking, my stance on spoilers is not as, it's not as stringent. For example, yeah. of us two leaks were happening, I actively uh-huh. spoiled myself, and that made me more excited for the game. <laughs> were the spoilers even like legit? Were most of them like false? No, there was the fake leaks, but there were the actual clips. You know, they showed the clips of the big thing. Oh, they showed the clips. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you know, when that stuff came out, I got even more excited. You know, it's like, wow, this is what you I know, wanted. I, I guess, I, I guess, I would be excited. So if I saw that happening, I'd be like, whoa, they actually went for it. Awesome. Let me get into this then. <laughs> but yeah, in general, I, although in I would general, have been mad, I would have been mad if that was like the ending. Like if I thought this is how the game ends. That would suck. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, as I've said, like, 
in general, I'm much more lax on spoilers. So I'm definitely going to spoil myself on Cyberpunk. Like, if the story Did is you... god-awful, I'm, go- I'm definitely going to want to find out why it's god-awful before playing the Did... game. Did you play MGS5 on launch? No, I, I spoiled myself for that one too. Are you serious? The, the twist ending, you spoiled yourself the twist yeah, ending? I knew that stuff before I played. Oh my god, and it didn't affect the game for you at all? Not really, not really. Not really. What? Because, you know, I enjoyed MGS5 really? for the gameplay. As, you know, yeah, but, as oh, I've said, man. like, you know, I'm much more lax with spoilers than other people. Even Final Man. Fantasy VII Remake, the much loaded one, I spoiled myself beforehand, you know, on the weird things that happen. There's only a few things where I actively say, okay, I'm definitely not spoiling myself. Which ones, haven't you, which ones have you chosen not to? And why? I'm very curious. If I choose not to spoil myself, it's because the leaks are usually not easy to find. So, basically, if you just don't have access, this is how you want spoilers? <laughs> Sometimes, like, uh, for example, Kingdom Hearts 3, I didn't spoil myself, despite there being leaks, because I knew, like, hey, you know what, I'm going to play this day one, day one. I think Mm. it's fine, I'll wait it out. Last of Us, the leaks Mm. came out months before, and I was like, ah, I can't avoid this. Okay, I can't avoid this for so long, but I think it would be much more fun if I saw this now, (laughs) for example. Yeah. So, is there any game that's come that, that's that's like you've anticipated and said this one I FF sixteen I won't spoil I won't. I will dodge it for FF sixteen. <laughs> and I think I would do- I've actually dodged for Miles Morales now that you mentioned it. I've been avoiding Are there any spoilers for that? I don't think there's any like eh. uh, oh, as I've said, I have been avoiding spoilers for that. But the stuff, like the stuff to spoil in that game? So I hear, I hear the ending is like really emotional and stuff, but I don't know why. So it's like, oh, okay. okay. You know what? Uh, you know, I know this game's coming. I'll wait it out a bit. Okay. Okay. I I dodged the uh, Uncharted. Ah, uh, no, I yeah, I dodged Uncharted four for a while, and then someone just randomly, like just while scrolling the timeline, someone just spoiled the pro the what's it called epilogue. Uh-huh. Me and I was like, God damn it, God damn it, man! Like, damn really? <laughs> <laughs> but I did enjoy the game. The good thing is that um, I feel like that's not really the climax of the game. That's just kind of like I think it's like it's like fan service almost, you know? Yeah, kind that of. Epilogue. Yeah, so, just to like to show no, that okay, fun. yeah, he's done. Yeah. No, I definitely yeah. get it. You know, I don't begrudge people for getting worked up over spoilers, but I, I don't, I don't get worked up over spoilers. Like my talking about myself, so you know, I never really have an issue discussing something. If if you know, if someone is willing to discuss uh, spoilers, I've never got an issue. I'm like, yeah, go ahead, man. Unless yeah. you, you know, unless I'm like, okay, I'm definitely going to experience this kind of soon, so I think it's worth the wait. But like, yeah, in general. Well, I guess uh, that can wrap it up for this week. Yeah. Uh, unless you've got anything extra to say. Uh, not really. I've just like, I, I, want, I want to get back to playing. <laughs> Same. And if you want to get back to any game, you should probably be playing the game of the year, Super Giants Hades. Amazing game. You've never played anything uh, like it. Trust me. <laughs> I think we should have a dedicated episode for Hades next week. 
I think we should. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do the call out to anyone who's, who's uh, played it or whatever, just so that they can, we can get their perspective as well. Because honestly speaking, um, as someone who's played the Supergiant games before, it's amazing that this is your first one, man. That's crazy. You got their best one. That's nuts. Really like everything weird, that's eh? everything that's in their previous games is in Hades. Like everything. Like the gameplay is very Bastiony. So like, cause I love Bastion. I think I think before I played this, I think it was their best one. Um, and then you know, like the the way the story works is very transistory. You know, the whole do thing, do it again, whatever. And their yeah. power up stuff is very transistory. Um, the characters, like character writing, is very Pyre esque, cause Pyre was a visual novel, really. So, man, everything they just mixed it all. <laughs> Don't get so, carried yeah, away. Yeah. i won't we'll talk about it more next week (laughs) all right guys thanks for listening